0: Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. If you guys were here for the message on uh, judging people, this is kind of a follow-up to that. Probably should have done it right after the judging message, but give you a little time to think about it. Anyway, we're going to talk about accepting people, who they are, what they've done. We're all just normal, except for Jesus Christ. Some things we can't get away from. They'll follow us for the rest of our life. But we do need to accept people. We talked about forming an opinion. Judgment is to form an opinion. And I'm not sure we can stop that. We talked about, at least you can keep it captive, keep your mouth shut. That's the best way we can control that. But then we talked about forming a conclusion. And that's what we need to be careful of until we have some sort of evidence. And if you know that they have come to Christ and you don't give them some sort of grace for their past, you're saying that becoming a new creation is a lie. And we know that's not true. So when I talk about accepting one another, it's not just for the believers. It's especially for the believers. But it is for everyone. Because Jesus taught that we treat everybody the same. That's what I want to touch base on. I also don't want you to get confused with different definitions of accepting. Uh, A lot of them say that it comes with approval, that you've received approval. Just because we accept somebody doesn't mean that we approve of what they're doing. But we can still accept them. We can accept them, that they can receive our love, and that we can receive theirs. So if you're going to accept somebody, you're basically saying, in a Christian language, I accept your love and I give you love. That's acceptance. It's not about the approval, but we can keep our mouth shut. We went through all that, said that a hundred times. It would take care of 90% of just about everything we deal with if we can keep our mouth shut. The word says be slow to speak, but we are a simple church here, so we say things like, we can keep our mouth shut. Christianity got mixed up along the way someplace. And I, I don't know just where or when, but we, we went from following the example of Jesus Christ to all of a sudden thinking that uh, you have to act a certain way, you have to be like us, you have to say what we say, you have to dress the way that we dress, or you just, you're not accepted in a church. And it's just not true. In fact, it's, it's way off base. And that's why we need different types of churches. We can come in here in, in jeans, in holy shirts, and be loved. You can be accepted. And I want to make sure that we're that way. That's what this is about. It's about treating everybody that way, but I want to make sure we do as well. And I'm not setting a bunch of rules. I'm not trying to preach religion here for us, but we can love people and accept them without having everybody wear ties, everybody say the right word. You know what I'm saying, don't you? Let's talk about accepting people. It's hard for us to accept or love people that don't do what we do. And I'm talking about loving Jesus, going to church. It's what we think is right. It's what the Bible says to do. We believe the Bible is the true word of God. And if they don't, it does not give us the right to treat them different. How they act, what they do at home how they raise their kids, to a point. It does not give us the right to shun them, to not show them love. I'm going to try to give you some examples on how that is. And I I do believe that a lot of us probably love biblically more than we think. I've said this a hundred times. It's not about a loving, warm, fuzzy feeling. It's about putting somebody else's needs in front of yours. It's acting to meet somebody else's needs. That's the biblical definition of love. You don't have to walk up and kiss everybody. It does say welcome them with a kiss, but we won't be practicing that here this morning. John 13, verses 34 and 35. This is Jesus. I give you a new command. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's not just a good idea. It's not a principle. That is a commandment that Jesus gave us. And we need to do it. If you don't do that, you're throwing away a lot of Scripture. We like to say that everybody's welcome. If somebody comes in here and acts a little bit different, which one of you guys is going to be the person that forms the line and says, you can come in, you can't, you look good enough, you don't. I don't think anybody here has that kind of authority. You don't get the privilege of sitting on that throne. But what Jesus does tell you is that when they come in, you love them. You meet their needs, you put them before you. It's a, it's a need thing, it's an action And we need to do better at it. And that's what we're going to try to do here. We're not going to put a sign out there that says, all are welcome, because we don't have to say that. They are welcome. And not just some. If we sit around and we have a church board meeting and we say, well, what are we going to do if so-and-so, you know, has this kind of uh, uh, lifestyle or whatever, how are we going to handle this? All are welcome. We may not approve of what they do, but they are accepted here. And we will show them love. If you don't agree with me, we will talk about forming a line, and you can sit on the throne and start to separate people. I'm not sure too many hands are going to go up for that job. We do not get that privilege. We do not have that right. We love them. We can do that without opening our mouths. We can show them love. It's an action. You start to open your mouth, and you start to say things you wished you hadn't. All are welcome. Period. If there's a problem, I'll discuss it with them, but they will be welcome. Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Pretty hard to get away from that stuff. You can't just pick and choose which ones you want. Remember when I said if, you're, if you just want to read a little bit of the Bible, read the red? Not all Bibles are like that, but most Bibles have Jesus' words in red. This is the red, you guys. Don't throw out the red. You don't want to read the Old Testament or something. That's fine, but don't throw out the red. It's important stuff. If you only read the red, I would be happy. Open the Bible, see what it says. Read the red. I got to tell you a little story I heard on the radio the other day. Uh, there's a university, and across the street from the university is a mainstream denominational church, and it does very well. It has a lot of people uh, come every Sunday, and uh, the university had a a young, very intelligent kid that had uh, uh, converted to Christianity. Can I say that? He was a new Christian. He knew he needed to go to church. It was right across the street. Thought he'd go over. He went in, and the place was packed. They had the pews full with men in suits, ladies in dresses. Some had gloves on. It was a traditional, mainstream church stained glass windows, choir was singing as he walked in. He was late, couldn't find a place to sit in the back, so he started going down the center aisle, going back and forth. There wasn't a place to sit anywhere. And, of course, every eye was on him. He had ripped jeans, you know, flip-flops, T-shirt that says stuff happens, You, you know what I'm saying, curly, wild hair. Everybody was staring at him, wondering what he was doing, what they were going to do with him. He got clear down to the front, not a place to set. Every eye was on him. The choir was just wrapping up their song, and they're kind of stretching it out to see what this kid's going to do. They don't know if he's trouble. they don't know if he's there to uh, protest what they're doing. He goes over alongside the very first pew and sits on the floor. The choir ends, and it is silent. Dead silence. One of the elders from the back, full decked out in a suit and tie, the whole shebang, had a cane, starts hobbling up the center aisle towards him, gets up to the front, goes over against the wall where he's sitting and pokes him with the cane, says, get up, move over. And he sits down next to him and says, I don't want you to worship alone. That's what we should be doing. Can we? Can we show that kind of acceptance? One old gray-haired man with a cane put on a show. The pastor got up to speak and said, what I have to say you'll forget about in a couple of weeks, but what you just saw you'll never forget about. That was the message for that day. Awesome message. But instead we see people come in, oh my goodness, here he comes. What are we going to do with him? Somebody will come up to me and whisper to me. might want to watch that one. We really need to be doing that. All are welcome. Jesus didn't hang out with the people in the suits sitting inside the stained glass windows. In fact, it was just the opposite. We can do better. But a lot of deep-rooted Christians have all heard Matthew chapter 18. It's all about resolving issues in the church. And people love to throw it out there. you got a Matthew 18 somebody. You know, you're supposed to go to them face-to-face. If somebody sinned against you, you go to them face-to-face. If that doesn't work, you take one or two people with you as witnesses. If that doesn't work, you bring it to the church, and the church will decide discipline. Before I go any further, I want you to know a lot of us have got carried away with that. It's if somebody sins against you, and it's between two believers. It's people inside the church. You don't Matthew 18, somebody standing on the corner that's doing something you don't agree with, and go up to him and say, uh, I don't like what you're doing, so I'm bringing this to you face-to-face like a good Christian. And if you don't adhere to what I say, if you don't heed the word... I'm going to bring back a couple more people with me, and if you don't listen to them, we're going to get the whole church. That's what's starting to happen with this whole Matthew 18 thing. It's not like that. It's about resolving conflicts within the church between a couple believers. Don't get carried away with that. If somebody comes in here and you don't like what they're doing, and you start reading Matthew 18 and say, I've got to confront them myself, and then, then I'm going to take my two best buddies with me, and, and then I'll, I'll get, grab the pastor and the elders, and we're going to straighten this guy out. It's not what it's about. Study that one a little bit further before you try that. And if you hear somebody say, oh, well, you need to Matthew 18 them, give it a thought. First of all, they need to commit a sin against you. It's not just what they do. It's not their lifestyle they're living. They haven't sinned against you. Be careful with that one. Anyway, it goes on to say that if they won't do what the church asks of them, you should treat them like the Gentiles and the taxpayers, tax collectors. And a lot of people use this to say, okay, if they don't agree with what I'm bringing to them, and I brought the church with me and we've we've tried to straighten them out, we're going to treat them like the Gentiles and the tax collectors. It's not what you think it is. Think about how Jesus taught and treated the Gentiles. Think about how he treated the tax collectors. It's not telling you to shun them. It's telling you to love them, show them courtesy and respect. This is what Jesus did to them. He's not going to agree with what they're doing. He doesn't have to. But it doesn't mean that you shun them. Don't ever look at that verse and say, well, I'll treat them like a Gentile. Because Jesus treated the Gentiles really good. He loved them. He respected them. He tried to teach them. He did not shun them. That's not what that means. You treat the Gentiles and the tax collectors as good as you do everybody else. You don't have to go to their house and eat if you don't want to. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to wear the clothes that they wear, but you do have to still show them love. You do not get to be the guy on the throne that says you can come in and you can't. You don't get that privilege. When mother of the Mary of Jesus was pregnant, biblical scholars think she was 13 to 14 years old. If a 13 or 14-year-old pregnant girl walks in here, you better treat her like the mother of Jesus. Sarah was in her 90s. Moses was a murderer. David set up somebody to be murdered. You're going to whisper to me if they walk through the doors? You're going to love this one. Isaiah went naked for three years. Well, the word would get around, wouldn't it? Here comes Isaiah. What are you going to do with him? Rahab was a prostitute. David was an adulterer. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. They're welcome too. Even Jesus was homeless. And I don't get it. Why people are bad-mouthing other people because of some stuff they've done. We've all done some stuff. Why is it that we are so quick to want to talk about somebody rather than accepting them? Accept them. Accept your children. Accept your your parents. Your neighbors. Especially your fellow believers. They are a new creation. The biggest acceptance we need to do is accept Jesus Christ. Don't worry about other people, worry about yourself, worry about your heart. You might be being tested. You can accept all kinds of people, be a good person, love them the best that I can tell you how to love them, but if you don't accept the one that matters, it's all for naught.